It is uh, great to be with you all this morning. I want to read a couple of passages of scripture this morning before I begin. And I confess to you, it's kind of hard for me to do this in English because, well, for the last 20 years, we've been doing this uh, in Russian. Uh, me and my wife celebrated an anniversary yesterday as we were driving up. <clears throat> she reminded me it was 20 years ago yesterday that we were appointed as IMB missionaries. So um, that was just a good reminder. But anyway, I want to open to Matthew chapter 28, um, verse 18. And it's a great commission. And then we're going to read a few other scriptures before I get started this morning. Um, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And another passage of scripture also that we'd like to read is out of Romans verse six, chapter 1, verse 16. Where I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The Great Commission is given to us by the Lord. It was given to Jesus' disciples. Uh, it's given to us as believers, given to us as the church to carry on his commands. Um, <clears throat> some people want to emphasize that word as you go, um, but it literally means as you're going, as you're going through life. God's calling for each one of us is different. For some of us, his call is to go overseas and to plant your life and to serve in places where you have to learn another language. You have to learn another culture in order to be able to proclaim the gospel. And for some of you, that's not God's calling, but he has called you to be a witness right where you're at. As you go to school, as you're going to the hospital, uh, as you're repairing air conditioning, or building houses. He's called us to make disciples and to be his witnesses as we go uh, through life. So that is... Uh, and now I want to read another passage of Scripture, and it is... Matt just read this this morning. He stole my verse. No, actually, um, where he was talking about how... How can they be sent um, without, how can they preach unless they're sent? That's Romans 14, uh, verse, excuse me, verse, chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. He read this already, but I'll read it again. How can they call upon the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them, and how can they preach unless they're sent? And we appreciate your partnership in the gospel uh, by giving to your cooperative program and sending us uh, to be able to share the gospel in Russia and where we're at. Uh, first, I want to talk about 
the command to go and make disciples. As I already said, Jesus gave that command to his disciples. It's given to us uh, as his followers. And we go because we want to be obedient. We go and make disciples because we want to be obedient. Um, Secondly, we go because we're not ashamed of the gospel. Because the gospel, it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Um, everyone who believes, that's the key point. It, it doesn't matter what your background is, what country you're from, what language you speak. The gospel's for everyone. But a person has to believe the gospel and has to receive it. This question, though, is interesting. What is the gospel? Um, my wife recently did a GA. She was speaking to a lot, well, it wasn't GAs, but she was speaking to a lot of girls at a, a missions conference. And these are young girls. What, are, what were their ages? First through sixth grade, okay? And she asked them, she said, what is the gospel? Oh, she got all sort of answers. Uh, and people said, oh, the Bible. Okay, the Bible, yeah, it contains the gospel, but it, in and of itself is not the gospel. Okay, what, what's the gospel? And they said, well, Jesus. Okay, you know, the gospel involves Jesus, but it, it's more than that. You know, the gospel is essentially the fact that you and I are, are sinners. Okay, the gospel centers around Jesus being the only begotten Son of God who God gave to the world as a substitute, as a payment for our sin. He took upon himself the punishment that you and I deserve for our sin. That's the reason he died on the cross. He didn't die on the cross for his sins. He died on the cross for our sins and the sins of the world. Sins so that anyone who believes could be forgiven. It's very simple. The gospel is very simple. Um, God made it as simple as it could be. You don't have to go, you don't have to have a higher education to be able to understand and believe the gospel. A small child can understand and believe the gospel. But because it's so simple, for some people that's an obstacle. But you'll, you'll have to get over that and believe the gospel. You have to trust in Christ and receive him and confess him with your mouth and you will be saved. Um, we live in, I want to give you a little introduction about uh, ourselves. Which of these buttons did I push? Hey, there we go. All right, a little bit of introduction about us is I was just like y'all. Uh, everyone, as far as I know, other than Matt, um, are, are lay people. By and large, it means you're a believer. You you work a job, and you know you're a witness for Christ. I was just like y'all, uh, 25 some odd years ago. I don't even remember. In 1995, the Lord called me to ministry. Uh, then in 1997, He made it very clear that the calling was to missions. And then we were appointed, as I said yesterday, 20 years ago, as IMB missionaries to Russia. At that time, we had. Uh, Four children, they're all grown now. Uh, Brian's our second son, and they we took them to the mission field with us. And they, this is a picture of our city there on the town square. 
but they're all grown now. Uh, this is a picture of them. Oh, I got to push this. There we go. This is a recent picture of them, uh, Brian and Hannah, and uh, it's two of their kids. They have three now. Um, and our daughter, Grace, who is in the Persian Gulf, and son, Caleb, who is down on the bottom. He's uh, been to Chad, Africa for five months and um, served with Fusion. And then our son, Reagan, over on the right, and his daughter. Uh, each one of our kids at different points in time have... <clears throat> been involved in missions and in the gospel. Of course, they served with us uh, on the mission field in Russia where we were at, but even as they entered into adulthood, uh, well, even before adulthood, we tried to involve them in taking a mission trip into another culture because Russia was home for them. Uh, just like Americans sometimes will take their kids and uh, involve them in a mission trip somewhere overseas, we wanted to do that too. Russia was home for them, so we found opportunities for them to be able to go and to serve for a couple of weeks at a time in <clears throat> other countries and other cultures. And then as they got into adulthood, they also served in Peru, Haiti, Tajikistan, Bosnia, Chad, Africa, Kenya, Uganda, and the Middle East. So we're so thankful for our children and their obedience to the Lord and taking the gospel to the nations. Um, I'm going to go to this next slide. Talk a little bit about this. Um, this is a map of Russia. Um, does this have a pointer? This red button a pointer? Okay. I don't think it's working. But anyway, yeah, it's not. There's a, out to the right over there, there's a brown section down toward the bottom. That's Mongo uh, the brown section <coughs> is where we live. It is basically uh, two times the size of Indiana, a little bit more than two times the size of Indiana. Uh, geographically, it's a large area. Uh, it has a population of about two million people. Um, I don't know how many Southern Baptist churches you have in Indiana. I don't know the population of Indiana. I know what it is in Mississippi. Uh, that's where we're from. Uh, Mississippi has a population of about two and a half million. And it is roughly, uh, that region is three times the size of the state of Mississippi. Mississippi has 2,000 Southern Baptist, over 2,000 Southern Baptist churches in it. Okay? Uh, the region in which we live, we have uh, 11 Baptist churches. Same population, roughly, 2 million, 11 Baptist churches. What I want to talk to you about is uh, access, access to the gospel. Here in the United States, here in uh, Indiana, especially there's a lot of access to the gospel. People have access to the gospel. Where we live, people do not have access to the gospel. Uh, unless a believer shares the gospel with them, unless someone, you go out of your way to take the gospel and explain it to someone, uh, they will not hear the gospel. They'll live their whole lives and die without ever hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. We are, um, our closest colleague is about 1,400 miles away from where we're uh, from us. Uh, there's nobody between us and Moscow. So please be praying for Russia. We need more missionaries in Russia. There's a big gap. That's six time zones from Moscow to where we live. Six time zones. 
There's only four time zones in the continental United States. So it's a big country, and we need more missionaries, and we need uh, people to be called forward into his service. All right, I want to move on and talk about uh, what the Lord did. And it's the Lord that did it last term. And the last three years, we were blessed to be able to see a new church started uh, where we live. The city in which we live is a city of, I'm sorry, I pushed it here and not here. There we go. Uh, the city in which we live is a city of 300,000. It's the capital region in the city. Uh, there's now three Baptist churches in the city, praise the Lord. Uh, before there were only two. And you think, that's not many churches. You're right, it's not many churches at all. But the Lord blessed uh, and was able to uh, start a new church last uh, three years ago. Almost three years ago, we began a new church. And what the Lord did, I, uh, my, Patsy, myself, we, we have very good friends. He was a pastor of the large church. We've been meeting with them. They are very good friends. We've been meeting with them for quite a number of years, praying about starting a new church, wanting the Lord to call out someone to start a new church. Uh, I, as a foreigner in Russia, it's very prohibitive for me to be able to do that. Uh, I can come alongside a national, and we can partner together and work, and, and that's the best way to go about it, because at the moment's notice, I can be kicked out of the country. We can be kicked out of the country. So it doesn't need all to depend upon us as the, the foreigners. So anyway, we've been praying with them uh, for, a number of time, for a number of years. And uh, anyway, he called him one day and said, hey, can we meet? Patsy and I were able to go and meet with him. And actually, he said, you know, we've been praying about starting a new church. He said, well, he said, I feel like God's calling me out to start a new church. And uh, he said, would you join, join me in that? And I said, absolutely. And this is a man that stepped down from a church of 200 to begin a new work where there was no church. Um, the, the existing church, which he was a pastor, the senior pastor of, uh, blessed us in that endeavor. We took a few months for people to pray and anybody that the Lord led to join in that. There were eight that left that existing church to start a new church. And this is one of our first times when we met together uh, and prayed together. And the Lord blessed. <clears throat> One of the things we did, we started meeting for prayer. Started meeting for prayer uh, and praying together. This is a Saturday morning prayer breakfast. We realized that what we needed to do is seek the Lord's face daily. And call out to him because this was too great for any one of us to do. And we decided, okay, there's a couple of things we're going to do. Uh, we're going to hold one another accountable for sharing the gospel. Uh, and we're going to meet regularly for prayer. And we decided to do this on Saturday mornings. Uh, we just have a prayer breakfast. Everybody will bring something. This is in our apartment. Uh, and that's we'll just pop up a table and gather as many chairs around as we can. Everybody bring something. And we'll have a light breakfast and we will pray. And the way we do it is our accountability time, one of us will volunteer and go first and we'll just share, okay, this is how many people I shared the gospel with this week. And we'll tell a little bit, okay, I, I witnessed to Sergey, 
It's a guy I work with. We'll tell a little bit about it. And then the person immediately to the left or right will then pray for Sergey that heard the gospel and uh, will pray that this brother or sister would have more opportunity to share the gospel the next week. <coughs> and that's the way it'll go. And we'll, we'll just go around the table like that. And uh, the fellow in the blue there where you can see his face with his eyes closed, he told me a few months after we started this, he said, Michael, he said, when we first started this, he said, I was real uncomfortable uh, doing it. He said, I've been a believer for a number of years. He said, but I hadn't, he said, I've tried to witness, but I've never really been active in sharing my faith. And he said, there were times that on Friday evening, I would stop and think, say, oh, I hadn't shared the gospel with anybody this week. I don't want to have to go to group tomorrow and tell them I didn't share the gospel. He said, so I'd get up off my couch and I'd go out on the street and I'd find someone to share the gospel with. He said, you know, he said, but that was in the early days. He said, that's all changed now. He said, now, he said, I'm regularly sharing the gospel with four or five people per week. And it's not because I've got to come here to the group and give an accounting of it. He said, it's, God's changed my heart. He said, I've seen how people are hungry for the gospel. They've never heard the good news that their sins can be forgiven. So he... he is actively sharing his faith. And I've got to say that that was a consensus for the whole group of us, too. We went from uh, a very few witnesses a week to all of a sudden eight people sharing the gospel three and four and five times a week to all of a sudden 60 people a week hearing the gospel out of that small group. And we, yeah, just like Patsy said, we continued that. Even while we're here in the U.S. right now, they're still meeting every Saturday morning and doing this. It's just part of who we are. We introduced uh, prayer walking to them. Uh, just going out in your street, walking your neighborhoods, walking the streets, praying for people. That person maybe has never been prayed for, not a single time in their life. We take that for granted, especially any of us that grew up with a Christian background. We may have had a mother or a grandmother or somebody that prayed for us. These people, they, they're, Sveta right there, she, she's the first believer in her family. Uh, and that's her sister. They're first-generation believers in their family. They came to faith in the Lord uh, about 18, 19 years ago. Um, so they didn't ever have anybody pray for them. So we walk the streets. We're praying for lost people. We'll uh, share the gospel sometimes. Sometimes the Lord will put people in our past to be able to share the gospel with during this time. <clears throat> this is uh, us gathered for another uh, outing to go pray over the city. This is me with a couple of men um, walking the streets and just, just praying over different neighborhoods. We would take a different part of the city and walk it and pray for God's blessing, the Holy Spirit to fall upon people so that when they, heard, when they hear the gospel in the future, their hearts will be ready to receive the gospel. <clears throat> we took them up over the city. There's a high hill overlooking the city. That's the city down below. Um, and we went up when the weather got warm enough to, to go up and overlook the city. And it was amazing. God did kind of a thing there. He started, it was just, it touched my heart to hear the Holy Spirit starting to break their hearts for their city as they began to weep and cry and shed tears over their city for uh, friends and neighbors that live there.
They also uh, may be wondering what this is. This is a, a shrine. It's a Buddhist shrine. We have uh, uh, influence of Buddhist religion in our region. Because of our proximity to Mongolia and China, we share a border. The Mongolian border and the China border are just due south of us. We have a, uh, we have a lot of native peoples there that are Buryat. Uh, they, they were there long before the Russians got there. Uh, they would be, you might think of them like American Indians or Eskimos. Uh, they're a native people group to the region, but they are predominantly Buddhist or Muslim. Uh, Buddhist or shamanism, and this uh, this is one of their worship sites that we, uh, me and Patsy, stopped and we actually prayed over this site in Jesus' name that uh, their eyes would be open and they would see Jesus as the only way to be made right with God. This is a, <clears throat> a Buryat lady. This is actually a friend of ours. Uh, Patsy has built a great friendship with her. Her name's Juliana. Uliana. Did I say that right? I say it wrong every time. She corrects me. Pray for Uliana. Pray for her salvation. Uh, she's heard the gospel many, many times. Uh, she is. She will say she is not. Uh, she's not Buddhist. Uh, she's not practicing. She doesn't believe that. But she's also hasn't repented and trusted in Christ yet either. So pray for her salvation. This is a uh, last training session we had just before we left, uh, the day before we left. We had a lot of people. God has uh, really increased uh, the number of people in our church, and we had a number of people that hadn't gone through a key training that we require for membership, and we gathered everybody for a one-day big training session with that, and it was Lord-blessed. We use inductive Bible studies as our way of training leaders, a way of developing leaders. Our focus on making disciples, uh, if you're going to, your focus is going to be on reaching people, unbelievers, new people with the gospel that don't know anything, you have to emphasize on developing leaders, people that can understand the Word of God and are able to teach it properly and help others know how to read and understand it and uh, live by it, obey it. Um, you have to have a way of developing leaders. And we decided inductive uh, Bible study was the best way. And we focused on it, and the Lord's blessed. And this is one of the groups that were started. These ladies are studying inductively uh, the word deeply. And that group is growing. That group is out an hour outside the city in a village, and they're growing. And it's the word of God that's doing it. This is the first inductive session that we had. They offer, it's Precepts International. They offer inductive uh, institute. We were able to get them to come out. We were able to gather 25 people that wanted to study. It's a five-year commitment. Uh, it costs a significant amount of money for them to, to come to it. They have to take two weeks, uh, twice a year of their time to come and study. <clears throat> and uh, they did that. And the Lord's blessing. Eight of the... Uh, Ten pastors in the region participate in this institute, and their churches are growing. Those that are, that are using inductive Bible study methods in their churches and their groups, they're growing. The churches that aren't, they're very stagnant, and some of them are actually even decreasing. So 
it's the Word of God that is doing it. This is a slide, I pray that it works just right, um, that was done a few years ago, actually four years ago. My wife is, uh, and her very good friend, Svetlana, are uh, going to be talking about children's ministry. So let's take a look at it real quick. Kids can't be missionaries. Kids can't tell people about Jesus. And she said, yes, they can. They've been doing it for two years already. Our family came to Z-Region uh, eight years ago. And the first time I met Svetlana, we were in church on a Wednesday night. So our family's sitting there. We don't know anyone. At the end of the service, this sweet lady came up to me and introduced herself. And she was very surprised when I answered and introduced myself back in Russian. But the first thing she said to me is, we're glad you're here and how can I pray for you? And um, I think one of the first conversations we had, they were surprised to hear that our children came to know Christ at an early age and had continued to serve Him. And so, because in the Russian culture, children are not usually baptized until they're much older and really they don't expect a whole lot out of them spiritually or don't realize that they can have a strong loving um, relationship with Christ a personal relationship with him at a young age and begin serving him at a young age Every summer, uh, the Antioch Church, the Baptist Church here in the city, um, does a camp for children. Uh, the children sometimes come from the believers and the, uh, from the churches themselves, and other times they're not church. So probably about 50% or more of the children that come to the camps are not from churches, are not believers, and don't have any exposure to the gospel or to the Bible or anything. Вот в этом месте. И потом присоединилась к нам команда, и мы все больше и больше. А потом мы задумались, а почему только наши дети отдыхают верующие? Наша же ведь задача, чтобы мы другим детям благовествовали. Ну, в лагере обязательно у нас библейский час, где дети изучают Писание. Ну, соответственно, книги, отрывки, теми лагеря. И потом мы проводим, соответственно, библейскому часу игры лагерные. Всем лагерем играем. Но чтобы эти игры, вот эту истину и тему дня, они ее проиграли. Есть нужда в миссионерах в России и по всему миру. И идет призыв к миссионерскому служению. И меня беспокоит, почему люди не отзываются. Most of the believers in G Region are first-generation Christians, so they didn't have believing parents to teach them how to teach their children.
the, the children of Russia, uh, if they don't get to hear about Jesus and they don't hear about God and they're not given Bibles, they don't have churches to go to, so they don't believe anything. They don't know anything about God. They don't know anything about Jesus. They don't have a chance. We really feel like that this is the beginning, you know, for Russia, and we can't wait till the day. We, we really sense that God's going to send out many missionaries from, especially from our region and, and from the whole country. Когда спрашивала детей, кто из них хочет миссионерами быть, ну, около 50% хотят быть миссионерами. Ну, что оставаться верным? потому что это самое главное служение Иисуса Христа. И каждому из нас нужно будет от, от, отчет дать перед Богом. И я обычно говорю, вот ты когда придешь перед Иисусом Христом, предстанешь, вот что ты Ему объяснишь, почему ты сейчас не хочешь это делать. slide. Do I advance that? Okay, thank you. Um, is, this is a photo, these next two photos is a follow-up to teaching kids about missions, but also about uh, being followers of Christ. This was after these kids had studied uh, for two weeks, seven hours a day, uh, studying the Word inductively, deeply, and then the next time they, the group grew, um, this was a summer photo last summer, and then the, uh, the next group last, fall, last January, uh, the group had grown to over 30. These kids, what the teacher does is they study through uh, one book of the Bible uh, for those two weeks. Then he gives them an assignment to take uh, five workbooks home, and to take five of their classmates through their Bible study. And they actually went home and did that. The kids came back six months later. Uh, most of them had took five people or more through their Bible studies. Uh, many of their friends came to faith in Christ. Some of their grandparents came to faith in Christ. Uh, and it's just been a great encouragement. And out of this group, there were 20... 20-plus young men from age 14 to 18 uh, studying. And out of that uh, 20, six of those young men indicated they wanted to be a national missionary or a pastor. They felt like God was calling them to that 
uh, Christian service. And that was so exciting for us because it's been numbers of years before anybody has indicated any desire to serve uh, in Christian service, full-time Christian service. Another thing that we do is uh, how, how you share the gospel. You know, you can share the gospel with a lost person on the street, but also you want to have contact with people on an ongoing way. Uh, so one young lady out of uh, our church, she started a fitness group. She started a fitness group and gathered a group of people for fitness, and each week there she shares the gospel. We have a Bible study at the end uh, every week. Patsy uh, started a master cooking class with uh, ladies from a lot of the di there are different groups going on within the church that have lost people in it, uh, and they invited them all to it, and Patsy taught them how to cook cheesecake was one of their things that they wanted to learn how to make because they love her cheesecake uh, and some other things. And we use uh, English as a way of building relationships. These are a bunch of kids, young people that were in our living room. This is our living room the, uh, right before we left. I think there were 27 or 28 people in our living room that night. Uh, a total? Uh, it's about 700 square feet. The living rooms, I don't know, the biggest room. It's the uh, size of this stage. <laughs> okay. So, um, anyway, the, the Lord, and when I say we use the English club, 90% of Pat, Patsy does it. She's the English teacher. I'm not the English teacher. Okay. Uh, but she does about 90, 80, well, 85 to 90 percent of the lesson is done in Russian so that they can understand. And she's sharing the gospel every week. She's teaching about Christ and how they can be saved and born again, the good news. Uh, I take some young men and, and grown men and young men sometimes out ice fishing. That's uh, something I enjoy doing. It's a recreation. That's a frozen lake we're standing on there. Uh, it's five feet, five feet of ice, so it's no danger. Uh, I could show y'all funny videos, and I probably need to incorporate that sometime. You ever seen the videos on YouTube of somebody throwing boiling water into the air and it freezes? You know, the frost. We've got one of those. It really does work. <laughs> when it's minus 30, it'll turn to frost just like that. Um, I've got another video of my dash cam on my truck. The truck. You'll see in a minute, it's purchased by IMB funds that were donated for ministry. Uh, I'm about to pull out on a lake last spring. Uh, I asked her if she'd like to go ice fishing with me. It was a pretty day, sunshiny. She didn't care anything about that. She said, yeah, I'll go, set in the sun. So this was like, it was toward the end of April, Okay. And we drive out there, and I'm about to pull out on the lake. And she's like, you're driving on that? I said, yeah. She said, it's not dangerous? I said, no. Anyway, we start driving on it, and every time I go hit a little bump, she uh, screams. <laughs> she's, she's really freaking out. And I used to, too. I was really antsy the first time I ever drove on ice like that, too. And then when I got out there, and, and I cut the first hole. I got an auger. And I start cutting it, cutting it, cutting it. Anyway... After she saw how deep it was, she was like, oh, okay, it's fine then. 
Literally, it was this deep, five feet of ice. You can drive a loaded semi across that, and it, it's safe. But uh, that's something we like to do and be able to share the gospel with, uh, with people. That's a truck that was purchased with uh, funds that we're giving, ministry funds. Oh, I'm sorry, pushed the wrong one. To get us in as remote places. Um, we live in a place that even the roads in town are, are really bad. You think you have bad roads in Indiana? No, your roads are good. Your roads are good, okay? Uh, you go on out where we live, and it's, ooh, it gets rough bad. Yeah. Well, this photo was taken. That's a lake we're sitting on. It's a lake or a river. I don't remember. Uh, at this point, we had traveled two days north. Um, we have to travel a day northeast and then a day uh, further up to get to this region. It's a real remote place uh, where, let's put it this way, in one 24-hour period of travel, we saw three vehicles. We met three vehicles. Okay, it is a secondary road that services a railroad line that runs through there, and the, the railroad uses these big, huge six-wheel trucks, uh, army-type vehicles. Um, and, that, and it's minus 30. Okay, you have a mechanical breakdown, your engine quit working, uh, you can die, you'll freeze to death very quickly if you haven't prepared and took precautions. So that's the reason on those remote trips we always travel in two vehicles, or you take a winterized tent with you and a propane tank and you've got your big cold gear on and a satellite phone so that you can hunker down for a day or two till help can get there if you have a mechanical breakdown. At this point, we had driven, uh, we had gotten to that northern city, and we had traveled on even out further <clears throat> remotely out about uh, six hours to go to a couple of villages out there where people were to be able to uh, take them some humanitarian, some food aid, just some basic items like uh, flour, sugar, and things like that. But the main point was take them uh, a Bible. Take them a Bible and share the good news with them. These people out there in the remote places have never heard, held a copy of God's Word. Never. I, I, I can't tell you the number of men that I've given a copy of the Word to that are in their 40s and 50s, 60s, that have never once held a copy of God's Word in their hand. Not once. So, it's... That's just a passion of ours. Um, we want to see people saved. We want to hear, uh, have people be able to come to faith in Christ. We do in-home Bible studies with people. This was a family that we met with for a short period of time. Um, we shared to walk through the Ten Commandments with them. And, uh, boy, they, they realized very quickly that they were sinners. But they also realized they didn't want to change their life. They didn't want to stop their sinful ways and didn't want to follow Christ. And they basically said, thank you, but, you know, we don't want to continue studying. So just pray for, for people like this and others. This next family, though, we met uh, doing some flood relief. I'll talk more about that in just a minute, and I'm trying to go quickly. Uh, this family we met, and Oya, she's down on the bottom right. These two photos, they had to, that's the only way you could get all the family in because somebody had to hold the camera to take the photo. 
Uh, but anyway, Olya, she grew up in an orphanage. Uh, didn't know her mama. Her uh, mom was an alcoholic. Grew up in an orphanage. She's always been interested in Jesus. We asked her what she knew about Jesus, and she said, I don't know, I just saw part of a movie once, and they, he was a baby, and they put him in this feed trough. And that was it. That's all she knew. But we've uh, been able to meet with them and study the word with her and her husband, Alexei. Pray for Oya and Alexei and for their salvation. And we just simply, we go to their home. Their home is very small. Uh, we sit in the kitchen. They live in one room. They have a bed and the, the husband and wife and, and the kids all in one room, very small. Uh, and we open the gospel, we decide to use Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark, gospel of Mark, and we'll just go chapter by chapter, one, one chapter at a time with them. Pray for their salvation, Oya and Alexei. Uh, interesting thing, one day we were, what week was it? That's who we were studying. It was third chapter. Third chapter, <clears throat> Oya stopped for a minute, and after we had read, we were making application, just seeing how she understood it, and she stopped, and she's like, it's, she said, I'm 30. She said, it's too late for me. Why didn't I know this when I was younger? You know, why am I just now hearing this? And Patsy stopped, and she shared her mother's story. Her mother grew up, Patsy's mother grew up as an unbeliever, and she didn't get saved until she was 30. She had four children at that time. Five. Had five children at that time. And when she got saved... And her life changed, and she quit doing the things she was doing before, started going to church, started uh, trying to teach the kids about Jesus. And <clears throat> anyway, all of her siblings grew up and know the Lord. They all became Christians. And uh, several of her sisters are married to ministers of the gospel as well. Um, so Patsy used that to say, oh, it's never too late. My mother was 30. That's the same age you are now. And Oya stopped for a second. She said, you know, if your mother hadn't believed and hadn't taught you the gospel, you wouldn't be here today sharing the gospel with me. And she started putting it together. So that's how the gospel, God designed it. He designed it for each one of us to take the gospel, the good news, about Jesus and share it with someone. You know, the church has its function, and we preach and proclaim the gospel, but lost people, by and large, aren't going to come into this facility if we're not giving them a reason to. And it's just simply, I heard, maybe Matthew said this. I don't remember. Somebody said it. You know, I'm just one poor beggar that found a place where I could get bread telling another poor beggar where they can get some bread. And, of course, that's the bread of life. It's the good news of Jesus. So as you go about uh, your day, your lives, be sharing the gospel and the good news with people. We do uh, flood relief projects. This is a flood came through and pretty, dev oh, I'm sorry, devastated uh, this home and several other homes there. Uh, this is uh, about three hours away. It's a town where there is a Baptist church. Uh, that guy in the red there, he's the pastor of the local church. And uh, he's sharing the gospel with the lady there kneeling down. The other photo uh, 
a member of his church and two ladies uh, that, that their home was flooded. And we, we were going in doing some uh, food aid for them for they all lost their vegetable gardens and they were allowing their vegetable gardens to carry them through the long winters. The winters are nine months long, okay? Uh, this just now where we live, things are just now starting to grow and turn green. The leaves are starting to turn green. The grass is starting to grow. They can't even plant their vegetable gardens yet because you put the shovel in the ground, you hear tink, tink, tink. It's still frozen. You go about that deep and the ground underneath is still frozen. So it'll be a few more weeks before it thaws out enough for them to even start planting their vegetable gardens. But people out in the villages, they rely on their vegetable gardens very strongly to carry them through the year. And they all lost them. There were 140 homes that just lost their vegetable gardens. So we were able to write a project up, uh, Baptist Global Response, uh, BGR, provided funds and we were able to uh, go and help meet some of those needs. And we take every home we went to, we would take a copy of God's Word, we'd give them a copy of God's Word, we'd read some passages of scriptures with them, sharing the, the good news of Jesus with them. And a lot of those people are now uh, studying the Bible with the local members of, of the church. Uh, this lady over on the left, she lived on her, she slept on a roof for four weeks because her water was under, her house was underwater. There was just standing water. It jumped a river bank, came over, and then it just stayed, and they had to wait for the water to go down. Didn't have anywhere else to go. Uh, just all the belongings out there on the street. But she was so overjoyed to hear the gospel, though, and be able to uh, receive a care package from us. This is a baptism we had <coughs> last summer from our church. Uh, these people repented and gave their hearts to the Lord um, and followed the Lord in baptism. This was a baptism we had just a week before we left. It was our first winter baptism. We rented a pool, uh, well, what was it? a swimming pool in a local gymnasium. And... Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a hot tub. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, basically. And uh, baptized these, these folks. Uh, three of these people, three of these young people are going to missionary training this summer in Moldova. Uh, they gave two months of their summer vacation to go and be trained as national missionaries to be able to share the gospel. One young lady, She's a school, the girl on the far right, she's a school teacher. She's already uh, in her second year of teaching school. She's going to learn how to use computers and multimedia and inductive Bible studies, how to teach the word deeply. Uh, and she's actively sharing her faith. The other young lady next to her is going to learn fitness. Also, again, uh, using fitness as a way to gather people in order to teach them the word. And the young man right in the middle, he's a boxer, a very high rank. Yeah, he was a young, younger boy in the video. Uh, when he was in the video, he wasn't saved. Our son Caleb was able to lead him to the Lord one night out at camp. But in the middle, he was a, he's a pretty famous boxer in our region. Uh, he's going to learn Taekwondo. He wants to use it to be able to start Bible study groups, to be able to share the gospel. <clears throat> These three people uh, repented the last week in the service. Uh, hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. These three people uh, repented in the church service last week. <coughs> um, 
So you just pray for them. They're, they're wanting to be obedient to the Lord and believers' baptism as well. And um, then this was a baptism that we had back in the summer. So, and this is, uh, oh, next photograph. And that's some information about uh, how you can contact us. Our email address is on the prayer cards. Uh, if you would like to, I know email, nobody hardly communicates by email anymore. But if, you'll, if you desire information, just write us an email. My wife can add you to a Facebook uh, prayer page that she has. And she, you get all those neat little uh, videos and things I'm talking about and stories, like the water, the driving on the lake, uh, hearing people's stories in depth. I want you to think a second um, as a close up. How did you hear the gospel? Who shared the gospel with you? Did an individual share the gospel with you? Did you just one day decide, um, you know, you were interested and picked up the Bible and started reading it? Um, Yeah, so for most people, they had somebody in their life that was concerned enough about them to share the gospel, um, to point them toward Christ. And that's how God intended it. But we ask you to pray for us that, one, we could be faithful witnesses where we're at, uh, that our church there could influence other churches in the, in, the, in the region, and that lost people there could hear the gospel. Because what we have, we have very little access. There's not much access for people to be able to hear about the good news of Jesus. And as I shared, even in, over Russia, from Moscow to us, there's six, six time zones. There's nobody in those areas serving with the IMB. Uh, we used to have some people in a few places across there, but um, about three years ago, a lot of those people left. Uh, Siberia is a hard place to serve. I'm not going to make any jokes about it. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place, beautiful nature, but the winters are long and they're hard. But the people are beautiful. And, but, you know, even more so than that, the Lord's worthy to be worshipped. That's the reason we go. We don't go because people are lost. Um, that's ultimately not the reason we go. It's the driving force for us is Jesus is worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be worshipped as Lord and Savior. But they can't know him if they never hear the gospel. So pray for us, but more so than that, ask yourselves, what... What role am I to play in this? What does the Lord want from me? What does he want me to do? You know, does he want me to stay right here in Bloomington and plant my life and invest my life in people I work with, people I go to school with? And the answer I would say to that is probably yes. But if he's not calling you to stay here, where, where does he want you to be? And... As I was sharing earlier about some of the things that we do 
and the Lord allowed us to do in ministry as far as praying, prayer walking, uh, teaching the Word, sharing the Gospel, um, a lot of the different activities in which we are involved in to be able to share the Gospel with people. Uh, my wife, a little while ago, a few months ago, she stopped me. She said, you know, we were doing all of these things before we ever went to Russia. And I've never stopped and thought about it. But for us and our family, when we transitioned from Brandon, Mississippi to, to Russia, it was an easy transition. Because the same things that we were doing right there in Brandon where we lived, we continued to do when we went to Russia. We were praying for our neighbors. We were witnessing to them. We were sharing the gospel. We were prayer walking our neighborhoods. So it's not a, uh, about location. It's about being obedient to the Lord. And Svetlana in that video, she said, you know, one of the things that she closed with it. I've got it written down here. Seth said, uh, the most important is to serve and obey the Lord because we will each give an account before God. And how will we explain why we did not do what he told us to do? So the greatest thing is to be obedient. Ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want from me? What role do I have in your great commission? And then be obedient to it and follow it.